This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. NVIDIA acquires Accelero. New consortium aims to connect chiplets. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for dialing into another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with HPC Wire. I'm Addison Snell, joined again by Tiffany Trader and Oliver Peckham. And Oliver, this week in HPC, we've got NVIDIA getting a little closer to the storage game by acquiring a software-defined storage provider, Accelero. Yeah, so last week, uh, NVIDIA announced that it was acquiring Accelero for an undisclosed amount. Uh, Accelero, which has been around for some eight years, I think, produces uh, NVMesh, which offers software-defined storage through networked NVMe drives. Uh, It works on-prem and private clouds, uh, but last year started working with Azure as well. Um, NVIDIA is saying that neither Accelero nor its products will continue to exist as such, And it sounds like the talent and the tech are being folded into its existing structure. Yeah, it sounded like this deal doesn't get NVIDIA selling storage directly, but it is going to have them with a lot of I.O. capabilities, which we can expect NVIDIA is going to build into uh, some of its existing product lines. Is that how it sounds to you? That is how it sounds to me. And coming on the heels of the Bright Computing acquisition a couple of months ago, it really seems like NVIDIA is gunning for this fully vertically integrated stack, uh, even in, in the wake of backing down from the ARM deal. Yeah, that's a big thing that we've been watching as analysts is is this tendency of NVIDIA trending toward, uh, as you said, vertical integration and becoming more and more of a complete solution provider, which they've essentially already done on the compute side with some of their products like NVIDIA DGX and the SuperPod configurations. NVIDIA makes a big deal of the fact that they don't sell these systems. They only design and manufacture them. But that's becoming a quibbling distinction when you look at some of their high-profile sales. And in fact, in our most recent surveys, um, when we test who who your system provider is and we list NVIDIA as one of the options just to see how people respond, people respond with NVIDIA as the second most common HPC system provider, which isn't really true, but it's how end users are increasingly thinking about it. This uh, NVMesh technology is going to be integrated into NVIDIA's uh, data center on a chip architecture called DOCA. That is a software development kit and runtime environment for their Bluefield DPUs. That's their data processing units, the, the, the DPU. So in terms of filling out the stack, you know, that is one of the, the things that they've added. And uh, these DPUs are really integral to NVIDIA's product roadmap and technology strategy and will be part of a regular release cadence along with the GPUs and the CPUs. Um, and the, NVIDIA announced this new, new cadence uh, last year, at uh, about a year ago at last year's GTC. Now, the interesting thing to me is the extent to which this can help the I.O. story, and in particular with AI types of products, which NVIDIA is increasingly aligning itself with AI almost to the exclusion of uh, of everything else, certainly HPC. Now, there's still a graphics company. I want to see how a lot of this gets messaged going into HPC, but you mentioned Bright Computing, uh, you know, that system management software. Now we've got IO software going in there. It's it's starting to look like NVIDIA is really this, this complete solution provider for AI specifically. I don't know that it really challenges their partnerships with, uh, say, a DDN so much on, on DGX. 
uh, that'd be a comment from them. Uh, and it'd be interesting to see where does the, the Accelero-based solution end and, and DDN functionality start to begin. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that I wondered about when I when I heard about this this news is, you know, would there be any impact on their their current partnerships with storage providers like DDN and, and Pure Storage? But, you know, this um, Accelero is more of a, a pure software play, you know, not a full storage company. So I think at this point they're, you know, integrating, they're just, in, they're just taking the technology, integrating into their into their stack, into their into their DPU. Uh, but it does leave on the table, you know, potentially they, they could go after a, a storage company in the future. Well, there I agree with you. And you talked about some of their other acquisitions. They've been on a real spree. Now, the, the arm deal falling through notwithstanding. I think some of that just speaks to the really high market capitalization that NVIDIA has right now. And absolutely, I would spread those assets around and try to buy things with it. Um, and I agree with you that a storage company could be next. Uh, That would really seem like the next logical step. Now, there was also a time when I thought Intel would do that, when Intel was vertically integrating a lot more. Uh, Intel tried doing servers. They were doing interconnects. They were doing a lot more software. They brought on Luster. And by the time Intel brought on Luster, I thought a storage company was going to be next. Intel has started to go the other way. Uh, more recently and is really focusing on its core competencies with regards to uh, processors and the part and and excelling at those parts of the solution. And we'll come back to that in the second story. But, uh, you know, Oliver, what are your thoughts around on this with regard to NVIDIA and acquisitions? I think we can expect to see a lot more acquisitions as NVIDIA attempts to, to broaden out its offerings. So, you know, the name of the game um, appears to be increasing sovereignty and decreasing interreliance between companies for Nvidia at this stage in the game. And let's you know let's just talk about for a second what what these types of M&As mean to HPC and to the health health of HPC overall, you know, we're in such a small space, pretty fairly niche space in HPC although it's 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 gotten somewhat larger. You could probably speak to that Addison, but you know, I think we've always been a little wary or people have been wary about M&As who squeeze mergers and acquisitions squeezing out competition and choice and I think that's always a possibility um, but you know, even though HPC is a can be a, a difficult business to get into. We do we do continue to see new companies, startups, you know, making coming into the space and making headway. So I don't know if um, you know that concern is always founded about uh, the, the risk of of like the the um, condensing of the market, you know, with mergers and acquisitions. I think there's choice out in the market, and especially when you look at all the processor architectures available, I can't remember when we've had as much choice as we have now. And I think it's just part of the natural cycle of things that you startups enter the market, they they compete to try to grow and earn a presence. And the ones that are the most successful tend to get acquired by established companies. NVIDIA is leveraging the strong position that it's built over the last 15 years with CUDA and GPU computing and successive waves of getting into high-performance computing and hyperscale and AI cloud products, now having more complete systems. It's a smart move by NVIDIA. 
Um, the only thing I worry about for NVIDIA is whether they get too close to competing with their own customers, right? If if they become more of a solution provider, then what room does that leave for partners, whether it's HPE or Dell or Atos or anyone who's going to configure NVIDIA GPUs as part of a solution? Uh, a, a server OEM would like to still think that they've got some of the differentiation in that stack. Yeah, that is the big the big risk, and that's a lot of the subtext for why the ARM deal fell through. Is that if he was concerned that it was um, anti-competitive. And I said, you know, when we were talking about that, that I was starting to have compassion for NVIDIA and the, the desire to put together that deal. I, I don't think it ever had a huge chance of going through, but I could see the argument in both ways. And, and at any rate, it doesn't seem like it's slowing NVIDIA down. And we'll be able to learn more about that as we head into GTC uh, coming up really soon on the calendar, which is uh, the week of March 21st. Meanwhile, this week in HPC, another uh, other chip providers have been in the news with a new consortium, UCIE, which is going to aim to connect chiplets. Yeah, so a new industry consortium has formed to uh, establish a die-to-die interconnect standard. This is called the Universal Chiplet Interconnect Express, or UCIE. Uh, which uh, carries a, a similar naming convention to to uh, PCIe. That was, I'm sure that wasn't an accident. Uh, this uh, spec has been ratified by ten uh, founding companies um, that uh, include. I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna name the name the ten. There's AMD, ARM, uh, Advanced Semiconductor Engineering, which goes by ASE, Google Cloud, Intel, Meta, which is uh, Facebook's parent company, uh, Microsoft, Qualcomm, Samsung and TSMC, and hopefully I did say Intel as well. Intel, of course, is one of them. So Intel donated this UCI spec, which was uh, ratified. One company that was noticeably absent here, one of the first things I I picked up on, probably you you both did too, was that NVIDIA was not among this initial grouping, uh, despite um, having talked about exploring a chiplet path for its next-gen GPU design GPU designs. Uh, I do wonder, you know, ARM ARM is a member, and I wonder if possibly when this was all coming together, if if Intel thought they might become a member, you know, through that through that side door, since since ARM was a member, and we'll we'll watch them and see what what they do, and if they if they do join, um, we anticipate as far as as far as uh, Nvidia goes, like you were just saying, Addison, that we'll we'll find out more about their architecture and plans at GTC, which is which is coming up really soon. Yeah, I agree that there's it's an interesting list there. And first of all, that you have Intel, AMD, and ARM all together on that list. Uh, the cloud or hyperscale providers are interesting in terms of them having a say into what kinds of interconnects are going to be helpful for them. But really, I look at those um, dominant processor architectures, and it makes me wonder what the role of other co-processor providers might be, whether it's something like a Cyperl, who Intel has talked about before, or Cerebrus, which has made HPC news. If I've got a co-processor, what's going to be my role as we roll forward toward SOC types of configurations? But that's exactly the point for uh, this type of consortium, is if we get to these uh, multi-chiplet 
configurations. We need some sort of standard for die. Oh, I guess we don't need, but would benefit for some sort of standard for die to die communications. And, and Intel has really stepped up in donating the first generation of this spec. Yeah, exactly. And you, you were mentioning the different kinds of coprocessors or, you know, different elements we'd see on the SOC is one of the ones that is interesting here is the optical IO. And, you know, right immediately, I, I think about the, the work that IR, IR Labs has done and the work they've done with Intel. And if you look at the di one of the diagrams in my article, you can see the, uh, you know, the, how the optical, the chiplets with this mock-up, you know, just optical chiplets on the, on the SOC. And it looks kind of similar to some of the, the, the diagrams uh, of the, of the technology that the IR is doing to be, to be fair, that to be clear, they're, they're not, they're not one of the, the founding companies on here, but you know, they, they potential that potentially they, they could join in the future. So this really opens up a lot of interesting plays here. And, and one of the, one of the interesting things is to see Intel and AMD both on this member roster, you know, it's kind of strange to think that we could, we could conceivably see an AMD and Intel device on the same SOC uh, someday. And that, that's, that is exactly the kind of thing that this this spec supports, um, and we're already seeing some examples of these kind of of, of you know strange pairings. Uh, for example, with the Intel Pontevecchio GPU, where the compute dies are made by TSMC, but then the other you know components are made by Intel. I mean, that's not officially on this spec, but it's the kind of thing that this spec would support. Yeah, that really intrigued me. We were talking about that to a, a small extent before we started hitting record on the podcast. And uh, while I don't think it's likely to be something that we'll see in the next five years, I could foresee what are scenarios in which within a decade, you it might be desirable to, for example, match an Intel CPU with an AMD GPU or vice versa, an AMD CPU with an Intel GPU. GPU, there could be scenarios where that would make a lot of sense. And, and that goes back to NVIDIA being con conspicuous in its absence uh, from this consortium. Um, and, uh, and I wonder if, if it will come around to where they'll want to join it in the future, because I think if you want to play in this, you've got to be a member. Yep. Yep. Um, a little bit more about the spec. They say it's a complete standardized die-to-die -die interconnect with a physical layer protocol stack. Um, software model compliance testing, um, the optimized uh, layer, it's, it's been defined for both standard, you know, standard traditional 2D packaging and then advanced, um, advanced packaging too. So think um, some of the advanced packaging designs you see out there from TSMC and Intel uh, going on right now. And then it natively maps uh, PCIe and CXL protocols. So that allows it to um, do some things at the board level and at the rack level. Um, this, and the, the, they say, of course, that the spec will enable end users to mix and match dyes and other chiplet components uh, from multiple sources and with different packaging options. We're already seeing that, you know, that's the whole, like, that's the whole MO of, of having chiplets, right, is that they can mix and match uh, the components like we see AMD doing. And I, I like the... I like that you mentioned that integration with uh, PCIe and uh, and CXL. And as we looked at the evolution of CXL in combination with things like Gen Z going forward, uh, it, it we are starting to see these standards line up. And this die-to-die -die communication, now that I'm seeing there was a consortium there, I'm really recognizing that as what had potentially been the missing piece. Now, we're still early. This is only a 1.0. But 
but that is <laughs> that is already progress. And your article on HPC Wire does a good job of diagramming what all of the different component pieces of it are. You know, and uh, uh, you can start to piece together who's contributing what. It it does already look like a pretty well formed consortium effort. Yeah, and this isn't the first time that Intel has jump started a standard or what they hope will be a standard um, like this. So, you know, you mentioned CXL, uh, this PCI bus, which um, then I think morphed into the PCIe Express, uh, USB as well. So those have all evolved into fully open and independent efforts. I think there was some skepticism among people uh, as to whether CXL would really be open or whether it would be open in name only. But I think pretty much time has, has, um, proved out that it's it's been evolving into a, a truly open effort so you know time will tell with this but i think just looking at the diversity on the founding companies i think that speaks well to its um independence our listeners as usual can get more details on both of these stories on hpc wire tiffany oliver thanks for joining me and you've been listening to this week in hpc You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.